0: I'm always a proponent of asking the questions of why exactly are we doing this? What is what is the net goal, and the net outcome that we want to look at? I find those conversations sometimes challenging and hard to have because it often uncovers things that were maybe swept under the rug. But I am a full, firm believer of if you're doing the work, you need to have a good structure for why we're doing it. Building for businesses, data and security are probably the two biggest issues and challenges you'll have. You know, data security, make sure that the data is, you know, correct and, and validated, making sure that your applications, your sharing, your permissions are are secure. Like there's all these things that are wrapped up in those two elements, in addition to, you know, whatever dashboards, processes, systems, features you're trying to build. continuously look for people who can give you perspective on their experience. Um, I think that is some of the best ways that we can learn about what will work for us is by understanding, you know, what's worked for other people in the past. I learned an incredibly a lot about even just like the advertising industry when I was first getting into it, just, you know, going up and down um, uh, LinkedIn and asking people for coffee chats and trying to understand a little bit about the world a little bit how they got there to understand where i wanted to go
1: what's up everybody i'm Guo and you're listening to the not just pixel show there's a lot to learn as a designer so in this show i sit down with design professionals to understand how to grow as a designer and help you get that ux design internship or job let's get into it Today I'm talking to Charlie Weston. Charlie is currently the senior product designer on the migration team at Alassian. Currently, he leads a team focused on improving small medium businesses and enterprise customers' experiences while migrating between server, data center, and cloud environments at Alassian. If you did not understand a single word I just said, don't worry at all. Before Alassian, he worked at a variety of enterprise companies, specifically on the business to business or B2B vertical. Going back in time, one of the reasons I wanted to chat with Charlie was because of his strategist background. And in our conversation, you'll hear how his unique background shaped him as the designer he is today, along with many other topics such as design culture at Atlassian, Scrum methodology, and agile principles. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Charlie Weston. Charlie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So I wanted to start out with your background. I think your background is interesting. It's different from most UX designer I've talked to before. So you started out as a strategist slash brand partner. Um, As a designer, I find the term strategy quite abstract because as a designer, I know there's a deliverable that's visible, whether it's like designs or like a prototype. So I wanted to understand more about the term strategy and what it means. So based on your experience, what is strategy?
0: So I would say strategy is, and it, it's a very, it's a very good question. Um, strategy is the underlying framework that rationalizes the creative. It's the, at, at least in the context that we're talking here, a good strategy means you're able to look at a scenario, understand the concepts, the underlying um, working mechanics, the business rationale, the customer need, and you're able to create in, a designer experience that hits those points and accomplishes those goals. Um, we see design experiences or, I mean, even objects, right? If, if there isn't an underlying purpose in what you're building or why you're building it, it's likely that that item, that artifact doesn't have a good strategy behind it at least.
1: Yeah. Is it normally like a deliverable for a strategy?
0: I I think this the deliverable of strategy is an executed objective, meaning that if, the problem is we don't have customers doing X. If I develop a solution that accomplishes that goal, then what allow me to do that is an artifact or some type of object that was powered and uh, developed through a good strategy, meaning you know understanding of the topics, goals, criteria, um, as well as the team that's working to accomplish it
1: right. So I guess like in terms of like, because I think for now, my scope is like, I think of like product development cycles and like the process. I was wondering then in, in that case, the strategy normally comes at the very beginning of the process, like once you set a strategy and then you start designing or?
0: Absolutely. Right. I mean, if we think about, I mean, I think we can all probably pull from examples of times where you've done a project or something or something happens and then you try to back into, okay, why did we do this? Oftentimes, when you feel like you're taking those back steps, it's because the strategic thought either wasn't fully developed or communicated um, mm-hmm. at the very beginning. And that's not necessarily a bad thing all the time, but it's something to take in uh, consideration of. If you notice that there generally isn't a throughput from the initial ask to the end deliverable, mm-hmm. there, there might not be a strategy or it might not be coherent. And a good way to test that is you know, why we do iterative designs like is this a good suggestion for a tactic is this a good thing that we should be trying to do if it holds water it probably means um you know the artifact the insights the strategy were right other things could play into that but essentially that's how i would look at it
1: i see yeah so it's kind of like being very intentional with like the creative side like the designs that you create
0: Absolutely. I mean, but think about, it, you know, if you had to describe somebody as being very strategic, right, like a, a general or, you know, a person in business or somebody that is able, even an athlete, right? Like, how would you how would you describe strategy in that mind?
1: Yeah, I think it's like, also like thinking about the big picture, like, how does your individual decisions affects like the the entire scope of, let's say, like the project or the product?
0: Right. And I, I think that's why it's strategy as a whole is, it's something that just takes Maturity and time to grasp it, it. It's a lot when you start, up, especially in you know this department, this um, organization, um, where you go from undergrad, grad school, boot camp, you know, straight to the workforce, and mm. it, it's hard to see how things are interconnected above when you're really focused on you know getting those components right, learning the basics, learning how the trade and the craft work, um, and strategy just comes by you know, you're exposed to more of that business rationale, more business thinking. And that's why, you know, in UX and product design, we always talk about, you know, or content design, accessibility design, um, always talking about like, what is the main goal or objective we're trying to accomplish? And you see senior leaders do that a lot, like asking, you know, hard, pivotal questions about what is the rationale for Mm -hmm. why we're here.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. For people who want to get into strategy, like get into design strategy. How would you recommend them to get started?
0: Continue to progress in your career. Look for strong mentors, strong teams, um, good vision. It, strategy is something outside of environments that you have, like a consultant mm-hmm. where a, an agency might you know embed a UX strategist or a similar role in a team, most right. most designers probably will not have strategist in their title. Um, the, the way to learn strategy is really just through execution and understanding. What are what are good underlying principles that tend to lead success, and it, it you learn that just from from doing of of what works and how things can be
1: successful. Hmm. Yeah, I want also wanted to dive into like from this strategist background, um, why and when did you transition to the world of user experience?
0: So yeah, that's a good question. Um, my career history: I started out undergrad, really focusing on strategic planning, um, hmm. brand planning within the advertising space advertising planning strategy is not uniquely different than doing design and strategy for mm-hmm. um, applications. You're still doing that whole concept of, okay, what is the, the business goal? What is, you know, what mm-hmm. is Mattel trying to sell? What type of toys resonate with customers? How do you make creative that, you know, feels resonating to the audience, but also the brand? We do mm-hmm. the same thing when we're working with, you know, tech building products and experiences. Shortly after I graduated uh, from Savannah College of Art and Design, i quickly went into um agency life and started just you know interning uh, freelancing and working through a bunch of different shops very quickly i realized that there's a lot of uh unique overlap where i could continue to work on my brand strategy work but i was seeing a lot of teams um, and colleagues working on almost like digital strategy doing like wireframes and flows of um, like automotive sites and um, uh, car manufacturers, and like understanding how do we make um, like Nissan's website more compelling. And that to me felt like a really interesting mix of the work I was doing um, and just general interest of working within digital design, um, technology, interactive development. So really from just, you know, working agency side looking for opportunities to make inroads, um, I left the agency world for two, three years to go work at a startup before pivoting back into the world. So I was able to get a little bit of outside experience, bring that back in, into the agency world and then pivoted away way uh, to solely go into like UX type work um, probably around 20, 2016, 2017. So I've been doing this for the last um, 10 or so years and it's it's been a very interesting and fun ride through this whole time.
1: Yeah. So it sounds like it was during your agency time when they shifted, like started doing like digital design Consultancies, nothing. there?
0: I think they've always been doing it. I think it, there was a period um, I, I graduated Savannah College of Art Design in 20, 2013 that last summer spring. I remember seeing a a minor for something called service design um and service design for anybody who isn't listening is like ux design but you think about the world around us and how do we use the products like ergonomics and you know what is the underlying principle of why um, apple products are so tangible and like tactical in addition to just being really user friendly so like if you look back like 20 years there there isn't a 20-year history of product designers this role this place that we're in is is fairly new the last. 10, 15 years have really, it's really come into its own. Um, So it's, it's less of like seeing other teams like necessarily do it and more of like the needle shifting from you start, you know, 2013, I don't know if I knew any product designers, a lot of UX designers, but people going from like the digital, the brand space, digital space into experiential.
1: Yeah. That's interesting. And how has your experience and your background as a strategist impacted your design career thus far?
0: I think because of the nature of how I came up in design, I'm always a proponent of asking the questions of why exactly are we doing this? What is mm-hmm. what is the net goal, and the net outcome that we want to look at? I find those conversations sometimes challenging and hard to have because it often uncovers things that were maybe swept under, under the rug. But I am a full, firm believer of if you're doing the work, you need to have a good structure for why we're doing it. Otherwise, it we just need to label work as spec work and not really it just gives a level of composure and conjecture to what you're doing where you're able to sit down and look at and say here's exactly why we're doing this and being asked those questions which extends to knowing you know when to bring in teams like research and the benefits that could bring exponentially over the process so just having that mindset i while i always try to think about the design work that we're doing it's more important for me to think about making sure this all lines up to a larger vision
1: yeah i think that's That ties into something that I'm really learning during my internship, which is ending very soon, is design rationale. And I think it's something that I'm still developing. It's like being very intentional with every single design decision and being able to, when people like ask me, Oh, why did you choose this decision? I'm able to, I need to be able to like communicate the reasoning behind that. So I see there's a correlation
0: but going back to your your point earlier though and and that's a great example because like what you're doing right there is that is that's a micro strategy right like that is the your rationale for why you put that button there there's a reason Mm -hmm. why you know it's it's blue it's on um justified the right and it's you know all lowercase text it gets bigger as you go but i you know to your first question about how could you know designers start to get into that strategy aspect start looking at work and understanding the reason why you did something and being able to communicate that back.
1: I wanted to bring it to the present a little bit. I know right now you're working as a senior product designer at Alassian. Um, On a high level, what are you currently working on at Alassian?
0: Yeah, so I'm a senior designer at Alassian. Um, The team that I work on is focused on improving how our customers can migrate from a server or data center instance to the cloud.
1: Have you always worked in, because it sounds like it's more of a like B2B type of project or is it?
0: Completely, completely B2B. Um, Mm. It is, it's the area that I have always worked in. Um, I've never, I've never worked on anything that's been like purely commercial. I think that's just the nature of, again, how I came up in uh, the design community in Chicago and, Mm. Mm-hmm. a lot of the businesses there are you know old brick and mortar like you know james lane lasalle property real estate right. uh, northern trust financial services like those are just very b2b dense companies um and, and that's just that's been my experience and it's been a unique opportunity to find that niche and carve out a space in it
1: mm-hmm. i think maybe personally you don't have that much experience in like b2c versus like b2b products but i was just wondering maybe through like conversations with other designers who work in the consumer space what are the main differences when you're building for other businesses versus like building for consumers
0: i would say there's definitely when you're built when you're building for businesses data and security are probably the two biggest issues and challenges you'll have you know data security make sure that the data is you know correct and, and validated making sure that your applications, your sharing, your permissions are, are secure. Like there's all these things that are wrapped up in those two elements in addition to, you know, whatever dashboards, processes, systems, features you're trying to build. And a lot of that work is, you know, it B2B sounds very dry. A lot of times the design can reflect that you see a lot more like, like a lasting example of like, you know, really great enterprise design. A lot of, you know, call them more, you know, legacy enterprise companies that maybe don't have a technology or design um, you know, full interest, you definitely see in those tools that they're a lot more, you know, typically what you think like an admin tool looks like. Mm-hmm. And you inverse that with what you typically see on the B2C side, where you have like, you know, two spectrums where it's you know like a Walmart.com where you go on or mm-hmm. Amazon, right? And you're going in and you're in the checkout checkout experience, or you're pivoting and going to like an Instagram or Facebook, where it's like mobile UI and you're getting mm-hmm. into the more aesthetics maybe make a little bit more sense um in terms of how how they look and function you're maybe less worrying about the really heavy permission based or data heavy um processes that you're going back and forth with
1: mm, got it i see yeah so yeah data data and security definitely a huge part
0: well and it's just like if you think about the size of the applications right like b2b we think those are heavy um are pretty dense tools versus like a tiktok right that how light is that ui how easy is that to kind of go through it versus you know again like a, a, a jira to pull an example from the last year like mm. that that is a heavier tool and it, it there's a lot more overlapping thought and mm. cross flow work that you have to do to one make the products and make them usable for your games
1: mm. I think it's also maybe like B2B products normally has a lot more functionalities and like features that they have to on a platform. Is that?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, B2B typically where you get that platform level. I mean, number of features, maybe, I think it's probably more connected feature sets within B2B because you have like suites of applications. You have Mm -hmm. things that are nested into himself versus again, like a, you know, a more social or, you know, e-commerce checkout experience where things are bundled, but it's, you generally have the same functions a share, follow, check out. Like it's, yeah. you're cutting them in different ways, but they're essentially the same. Mm,
1: got it. Yeah. I, I would also like to learn, like, add Alassian, like being a senior product designer over there, um, how would you describe the design culture and also maybe the product development cycle, the process over there?
0: Yeah. I mean, the design community. Uh, Atlassian is absolutely amazing. Um, I cannot speak uh, highly enough about the team members I work with. It is great to get up um, and be able to design in a collaborative and supportive environment day and day out. It, there's a lot of cool things that teams are trying to work on and and do, and we all have a passion for you know building good technology and good systems that help people work better. And it, it's coming from experiences and backgrounds where you know design almost felt like it was like pitted against each other, or situations where Um, You feel like you're having to, I've been in um, scenarios where you're having to defend, you know, why, why do you talk to customers? Why do you want to make standardization across your applications? It's a, it's a very top-notch organization that understands how design should work and how they should scale. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I think I've, I probably looked at, this is like a subsection, but I, I've I've looked at the Lassian's design system so many times at that point. And I'm just always like super amazed by the, like the details and,
0: and what's what's great about that i i love that more more teams are doing this where Alaskan even has their some of our design systems on figma for communities to pull so just making them accessible and available because i mean that was always the challenge you know three or four years ago is every time you wanted to build something from scratch on your own you had to you know Mm. build the components find stuff that was laid out and it's just great to see companies just giving out that information um as they need
1: Um, This is probably a good transition into one of the most known thing about Atlassian is the agile development. Um, There's a lot of tools that are built around this framework. And I know that on LinkedIn, one of your title is certified scrum product owner. Um, That was a mouthful for me, but I think on a high level to listeners who may not understand, how would you describe what scrum is?
0: So I'll back up for a second. Um, mm-hmm. Scrum is a subsect of a project management philosophy called Agile, and Agile has a you know a, a set of you know core beliefs, values, um, systems that how you look at project management. And Scrum is the cut of how um, you typically run um, project management. You can do Scrum, Kanban, waterfall are the typical ones. Scrum is our just your Agile process through it. I got the certification because uh, it was a good opportunity for me to just expand my wheel set. Again, thinking back to my background with having more strategy, right? Like I, I wanted yeah. to understand more, more deeply. Like what does it actually mean to be a product owner, and what are the things that they are considering? And from that, I was able to get just a really comprehensive understanding of you know mm-hmm. how do you how truly should we think about backlogs from an academic standpoint? How do we mm-hmm. think about you know um, epic stories pointing? And just that process at a really macro level, and I, I don't say that to mean that I'm an expert in this field by any means, but I think it is good for you know, designers and anyone on product teams, tech teams, to cross-functionally learn how other groups do it. You shouldn't necessarily need to be able to do every job, but there's a benefit mm-hmm. of learning like what is it, what is the right way of working or a better way of looking work mm-hmm. from different discipline viewpoints.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think at this point, if any listener just like heard the term like epic stories, um, all these different terms, I think I probably recommend you guys to just directly go on lassian's glossary website and search these terms up. I think that'll be much faster.
0: Yes. And I will say even that like again in the spirit of just like education and giving back Atlassian has a lot of i believe they're like public plays um Mm -hmm. which are just like methods and strategies for how you can run either workshops retros uh design demos and just again great resources for teams that are trying to understand how best to operationally do the day to day um Mm -hmm. so definitely check those out if you have it
1: yeah for sure and i think that's kind of ties back to the um like the design process at Alassian. So my assumption is that um design teams at Alassian follows the Scrum methodology for every project that they work on. Is that a fair assumption?
0: I would say mostly. I mean every team is slightly different how they work. Um you know some based on the nature of the business some teams might, you know, edge closer to waterfall, you know, but definitely there's a benefit um, where in all possible to stay in a Scrum model, I would argue um, just to help help with the iterative development because that that does when you put it into practice the correct way um, it, mm-hmm. it can really help the team avoid churn and just continuously improve the work that they're doing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that also touches upon like some of the pros of the Scrum methodology. I think are there any cons to this methodology in comparison to like let's say waterfall or other practices?
0: So I think, yeah, I mean, that's a a good question. Um, The biggest benefit of working within Scrum is your ability to continuous deploy. And what I mean by that is the idea, at least that I I learned, um, is at the end of a sprint or two um, week period of work, the team should ideally have something that is shippable. It doesn't mean necessarily Mm -hmm. that the product is usable, but it's something that they could put out into the environment and they can get feedback for now if the team does that or not is a different conversation but mm-hmm. it if you're working on something and every two weeks you have the ability to like to validate to see if it's working or not and then decide how to either move forward or move back and reassess that allows you to build more quickly and more efficiently versus mm-hmm. a waterfall methodology where essentially instead of you getting all the requirements um, as you go you don't start any work until you have um and you know a page requirements document pamphlet that you know i i've honestly seen these four larger scale consultant practices that are you know 50 100 pages for a single wow. tool or dashboard right so like mm-hmm. if you have to go through and list out all that stuff um and just mm-hmm. have that baked out to go at once and then you start doing a development pipeline and then you want to make a change last minute mm-hmm. well now you have to you have to you know, light the, the book you just wrote on fire. Yeah. Right. So, and, and that's and, and that's the benefit of these, like, continual uh, releases and working with, um, you know, working with a team that is able to constantly iterate and deploy work because then you can validate on a two-week period. So you might have burned a sprint, but you didn't burn the entire book. And that's at least, right. from an argument, R&D standpoint, that's a little bit easier and more efficient to scale.
1: Mm, got it. I see, yeah. Because one concept that I'm also getting exposed to doing this internship is something called PRD which I think it stands for product requirement plan I think normally it's like written at the beginning of the stage by the PMs Um, is that something that happens before each stage or I guess it depends on like different teams and how they work as well
0: a little bit but at certain points though you want to have before you start any work no matter if you're in waterfall or scrum you essentially need to have some document or brief that says here's the challenge here's what we need to do mm-hmm. uh, or here, here's here's the challenge here's how might we solve this um you know they generally are not super pedantic it's they're better if they're open-ended to allow the designers or the developers to build what they need to but i would say it's uncommon to have some set of objective and again that goes back to if i'm the product manager and you're the design lead and i walk in i say i uh, just go well, i need you to build this this thing for me that does this and that's great, you can build it, but if you don't know why I need it to be built or what challenge I'm looking to solve, then is it a good strategy to build that? Or is there another way we could have solved this without maybe building this one tool? Mm-hmm. So now we're kind of coming full circle with like how these things interplay with each other, yeah. which again is just why it's to get that concept at a certain point. It's just you have to go through the process enough times.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. we actually did come full circle, full circle back to strategy. <laughs> I definitely did not plan that. That's super cool. Yeah, I think it's... It
0: is in everything we do.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's like being very intentional in what you do. And like, um, as you mentioned, like your strategist background made you become the type of person who always wanted to understand the why behind each decision, how that fits into the big picture. So yeah, um, that's super interesting. I don't want to... As a final question, and this is a question I'd like to ask every single guest at the very end, which is, if you're now facing yourself, but 20 years old, so back in college, what career slash life advice will you tell them? I wish I was in college 20 years ago.
0: Um, <laughs> 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 um <laughs> Um, uh, I think I, I can I did... your age no. <laughs> oh, <no.
1: laughs> If I if oh, I did,
0: if I had to give myself advice, go going in or shortly after um coming out of college, I would, um <laughs> I I would say to continue or, I mean, really anyway I, I think breaking into a field and scaling a field, especially in a world now where we are fully remote i I don't know Mm -hmm. if we're we're safe to say that yet but like it it feels like we're moving that way continuously look for people who can give you perspective on their experience um i think that Mm -hmm. is some of the best ways that we can learn about what will work for us is by understanding you know what's worked for other people in the past i learned an incredibly a lot about even just like the advertising industry when i was first getting into it just Mm -hmm. you know going up and down um Uh, LinkedIn and asking people for coffee chats and Mm -hmm. trying to understand a little bit about the world, a little bit, how they got there to understand where I wanted to go. And that's helpful Mm -hmm. to understand, you know, I can ask them what are challenges that you face to overcome the area that I'm in and do they have any advice for me? So it starts to create a circular, Mm -hmm. circular Mm -hmm. path of, you know, uh, feedback and you're putting yourself in a vulnerable position, but you're allowing yourself to grow from that. Um, Mm -hmm. And I would, in addition to that, I would just say, continue, I feel like this is a very older adage to say but just show up look Mm -hmm. for opportunities and to the best that you can i i understand there's you know an incredible amount of circumstances that are out of our control but to the point that you can just continually show up and just almost like a manifesting right like you know really believe in why you're there um Mm -hmm. try to commit to doing the best work as much as you can and yeah, try to try to look for people that can give you good advice that you think are good, either stewards or, um, you, know, you know, personalities or have good character, because they will help you light your path forward. Um, mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. Else you're navigating, a, you know, a world that it's sometimes hard to manage. And just looking mm-hmm. for those good guiding posts, I think, is really helpful for people. Or at mm-hmm. least for me, I, I hope they can be helpful for others.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think looking back, there might be... Um, you probably talked to a ton of different types of people. What are some of the the advice that they give that really stuck to you that helped you in like shaped you as a designer or um just yeah what you do as a designer
0: um I wish I could remember who this was from I think a good piece of advice I got when I was working in New York was a this guy was like a planning director at maybe like d d v um a mm. big Advertise agent there, but essentially it was like, when you go into these like corporate environments, if you, if you don't see it, assume it's not there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I think there's a lot of ways to unpack that, but it's almost like this idea. Sometimes when we hop into new jobs or companies teams, we assume that there's a lot of stuff there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, you know, if, if I don't see a piece of information or a document or something, you're like, okay, well maybe this is happening in the back, in the background. If if you don't see it, assume it's not there. And then, if it's something you're interested in, take action to maybe bring it to attention. And that can mean, you know, um, having thoughts on it, sharing ideas with your team or your leads. It could be, you know, maybe maybe it's just calling out and say, "Hey, I think that there's an opportunity to to do this. I noticed looking at this plan, this item is missing." Um, it, it could be as you know, passive as that, but. Looking for that type of you know opportunity to help teams is
1: mm-hmm. incredibly
0: helpful. And I, I think you, you see that more and more at every place you go, um, mm-hmm. which is just an interesting, almost cultural workplace insight. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I would, and I, I would say too. It's like it's the ability. When it, when I was starting out, um, I would just continuously talk to people that would tell me to keep asking for feedback and keep mm-hmm. looking for good mentors. Um, Mm-hmm. I know I sound like a broken record at this point, but I I, I think feedback is is great all the time um, as long as it is, you know, timely, actionable, and empathetically given.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think your first point is really interesting because I think, like, your point of, like, assuming it's not there, I think a, a reverse of that is thinking that, oh, maybe it's there, but it's just I didn't notice it. And then maybe it's, like, my own fault that, like, I didn't find the thing, but it's actually, it, it's opportunity. It's a gap for you to fill when you're joining a new organization.
0: Yeah, ab- absolutely. And I mean, in every in every team, every organization is different, but they're all kind of scaling as they go. I don't, there's no perfect team. There's no perfect group. There's no perfect process, right? It's everyone is trying to always constantly make it better.
1: Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I I think that's a great ending to our fireside chat today so i know we went a little bit over time but charlie thank you so much for taking the time
0: Guo, this was a pleasure thank you so much for setting this up love talking with you
1: hey there thank you so much for listening to this episode i really appreciate your time and again before we say goodbye my name is guo and you've just listened to the not just pixel show and i'll see you in the next episode